Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. And welcome to Beyond Your Best Plan, the podcast where we inspire you to move beyond what you believe you could move beyond. We have the entire Fab Five in the studio today and have planned another exciting show for you. Meet the ladies, Catherine, whose purpose is to help others end internal suffering and accomplish their dreams. Kathleen, whose mission is to assist parents who have experienced the loss of a child to suicide, move from pain and suffering to peace, presence, and purpose. Claudette's mission is to help people on their spiritual path go from zero to 60, activating their inner guidance to heal and grow. Sarah's mission is to educate peers and help entrepreneurs to become more effective leaders. And me, I'm Whitney, and I'm on a mission to help people do the work they love and love the work they do. Suffering is the state of undergoing pain, distress, and hardship. Every life endures some suffering. Whether we stay in that state is another story. The Buddha said holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone. You are the one who gets burned. And Peter Ragnar said all sufferings come from craving and clinging to the things we can't control. Well, we all have moments of suffering, but we don't have to do it alone. How can being more mindful and aware of what we are creating help us take our suffering out of the closet, out of the dark, and into the light? Catherine will lead today's episode as we discuss suffering in silence. Catherine, take it away. Thank you, Whitney, so much. And I am just so excited to dive into this topic today of suffering in silence versus I'm okay. I feel like my illusion is that this is going to be a hot topic with lots of beautiful insight and feedback because we are all strong independent, amazing, powerful women on women, women on this show. And we have many strong, powerful, amazing listeners listening into the show. And I think that we all relate to suffering and silence at some level because we're all strong, right? And I, I feel like this is going to be a lot to be shared. And I feel like as women, we tend to take on a lot And we just kind of roll through it all and hold our heads up very high and probably not as much of sharing and talking and getting perspective from others that we could for our own well-being. And that's what this is about is 
overall well-being and even sort of the boundaries on suffering and silence versus I'm okay versus I don't want to like dump all this on another person or I don't want to expand the issue or I just share everything with everyone and it feels so good. So there is, you know, I think quite a array of topics to talk about under this and actually just defining it. You know, suffering in silence can be just everyday stresses for the on the day-to-day, everyday fears of the day-to-day from, you know, just everyday activities to, you know, you're dealing with something, a major suffering point for you. You know, maybe something horrific has happened and you are suffering in silence on that topic. And so we're going to explore it all. And I will say if there, you know, you are suffering in silence, particularly something, you know, very traumatic has happened to you, please, please don't suffer in silence another moment. Reach out to one of us, reach out to a loved one, reach out to, if you feel, find a local mental health support system, but don't suffer in silence, particularly if you have recently experienced something traumatic. So I will kick this off. Kathleen, my sister, is doing quite a bit of head nodding on this beautiful platform where I get to see my sisters every morning. So what say you, Kathleen, on defining, just overall defining, you know, suffering in silence versus I'm okay. You're an incredible coach. And so I see you bringing a whole lot of value into this conversation and really just opening up with what does that defining it or what does this mean to you when you hear suffering in silence? Oh, this is such a big topic, Catherine. I'm so glad that you brought it up. I'm sitting here nodding my head if anybody can see me <laughs> and because I can so relate to suffering in silence up until you know, even after Logan departed this earth, I suffered in silence most of my life. And what that caused was additional pain and isolation. And also, all I did was bitch about everyone else. <laughs> because what I did is I didn't think I was getting the support I needed. So therefore, I just complained about everyone else's response. But in fact, suffering in silence could be inclusive of little minor things, uh, like something's irritated you and you just shove it down. It could be feeling like you were passed by by a promotion at work and can't understand it and feeling resentful and angry about that. And it just causes so much pain. You know, after Logan departed, I didn't have a choice. I had to change the way I was suffering because for probably the first six months or maybe even eight months, I did suffer in silence. I isolated myself. I didn't, no one, you know, in my mind, no one could understand what I was going through. Um, I was angry at the world for continuing to move on while my life was never going to be the same. And I've learned that the more I'm authentic and vulnerable with my true feelings of what I'm I'm sitting in and where I am, it sets me free and it also gives me the support system and network that, that I deserve and need. For many years, I 
pushed women away because I didn't trust them for whatever reason. I didn't trust that they were really there. I always felt like they never showed up for me. And what I know today by working through the difficulties of my life or this lifetime, you know, the old patterns of having to do it on my own, I know today that I can share some challenging times and I can I can actually show tears and allow the, those emotions to flow through because once we allow the emotions to flow, it sets us free from having additional emotions trapped in, inside. For example, my mom fell again, and all of you know this, but my mom fell again this week. Uh, she's 81 years old. This is twice this year, and her health has declined. And in the past, I would have been very withdrawn and suffering silently in that. Knowing that at 81, you know, we're facing our own mortality and we're facing our parents' mortality, mortality honestly. And none of us are going to get away with that. All of us are going to face our loved ones departing this world. And for me, I'm able to share that and have some emotions around that with my sisters. You know, the five of us are are close and we share a lot of our, our life experiences. And by being able to share those tears, by being able to process that with my sisters that I can trust and know that they love me, it sets me free so where I can show up differently with my mother and my dad and my sister as they start to face some of their own mortality and some of their own fears. Like it's really scary for any of us to think about our loved ones departing. But how much better can it be for me as I move through my own experiences with my soul sisters to be able to show up with my mom and my dad and ask them the more challenging questions to set them free from the regret, from the pain, from the fear that they're having around mortality, actually bringing up those questions so where they can start to explore that why they're here and I get to hear things I've never heard before from my parents so I get to show up differently so suffering in silence only causes more pain it causes physical pain emotional pain and it pushes the people that love you away from you and so I invite you and I encourage you to be vulnerable with the people you love and own your feelings and allow that to come out because as you do you build more connection you or from my experience i've built built more connection i have grown in a space where i'm not trapped in in those emotions and i feel freer so i just feel like we are able to show up better for others when we allow ourselves to feel and share where we are. And it's less projection. We don't project onto someone else what we're feeling. Absolutely. And it's so it's like the movement through, like there was a time when you beautifully shared, you know, where you were suffering in silence and you got angry, you, you know, you were projecting, as you just said, and then 
another share around, I opened up, I was vulnerable, I was authentic, not suffering in silence. And it was like the complete opposite, freedom even, which is such a powerful word. So thank you for that. Thank you for the the stories of contrasting and really comparing two situations and that movement through the results. So Sarah, what say you on suffering in silence and what would you like to share today on the topic? Well, certainly a brilliant topic for us to be discussing. And as you guys know, I am a retired pro stuffer. Um, If you don't know what a pro stuffer is, that's suffering in silence at its best. Um, You know, I've, I've mentioned on the show before, but for those that you don't know, um, I had a very, we'll say scattered childhood and it was filled with its own variations of love and also hardships and abuse. And when those things would occur, I was very focused as a child on making sure my dad was happy. That meant a lot to me that his his happiness meant a lot. And then I was very focused on not adding drama to my mother's plate. So I often wouldn't share with her what was occurring at home because that meant more drama or, you know, and also there was some fear that she would get custody of me too, uh, to be real. So I wasn't sure even as a young child, if you don't know, my dad did raise me and he was awarded custody of me at a very young age and uh, my brother as well. And my brother was about my only confidant. My brother for a very long time was the person that saw it all, knew it all. And he didn't like to talk about it either. So we just really very rarely discussed it. But I want you to know that it had a physical manifestation that I could not heal well into my late 20s. At about 16 years old, I started having really bad stomach aches, lots and lots and lots of constipation. I suffered that as a child. And I I know that this topic is not about that, but I I, want to make an analogy of what can happen physically in the body. And so, you know, my whole childhood, I stuffed, 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 suffered in silence. I used to take ice packs and wet cold washcloths to, to, dry up my face and heal the swelling from the tears so my dad wouldn't see that I had been crying because I'd gotten in trouble. I I made major efforts to hide things in that capacity. And so my stomach, when I was 16, my dad started letting me go to the doctor by myself. And so I would go in and I was also kind of having like um, fainting feelings, like I wasn't getting enough food maybe in the right way, or it was almost like I was So I was having these sugar crashes, I was having stomach issues, and the doctors weren't really able to help me. She just said that I, you know, was stressed and that my stomach was tight and that, and then life took over. I I got kicked out at 17. I got married at 18. You know, I, for a very long period of my life, didn't live anywhere more than eight months. There was a whole lot going on. And I was financially responsible for myself um, on a very large level at a young age. So I stuffed and I made everything look good. People want to be around positive people. People want to be around happy people. And so I did that. I did have good community and I had good support. But what 
happened long term, and this is fascinating, is I turned to herbal for uh, my constipation. So I took a lot of herbal medicine to help myself go to the bathroom on a regular basis. I wasn't aware that I had any food allergies, and I started having other problems down below where there was some bleeding and a lot of big issues. I'm getting specific for a reason, so I apologize if you're TMI here, but um, so I saw a doctor and he said, eat more green beans and do this and do that. And I said, sir, I eat more green beans than anybody I know. Fiber is not the issue. This is a bigger problem. So I changed and he said, well, then to fix your bottom problem, I've got to clip you. And that means you'll be flagile for the rest of your life. If you don't know what flagellants means, it means farting. And I was in my 20s and mid 20s and still dating and thinking about having a baby. And this was not a solution for me. It was a very severe option. So I found another doctor, thank God. And she was a blessing in many ways. What she discovered is that my stomach had stopped squishing to move things through. The muscle has to squish and move. I basically had a locked gut. Talk about keeping your emotions in your belly. And people say, hey, it shows up in your belly. My gut from years of stuffing and years of suffering alone was completely locked up. So for a year and a half, I went on medication that they only gave to 80-year-old people because the medication was so not good for you that giving it to older person who had a shorter lifespan was okay, right? But giving it to someone my age was questionable. But my stomach began to move. And when my stomach began to move, emotions came too. And that is the beginning of my journey of healing and healing my emotions and stopping the stuffing and really addressing who I was and what I had uh, been through and where I was headed and who I wanted to be in the future. And so, you know, we can make an analogy that stuffing creates little sores within the body and other things. Um, Well, those herbs I was taking to help my body move cause sores. They actually said I look like someone who abused diuretics. I didn't. I that what I I didn't have a emotional problem around eating. I just had a problem around getting something out of my system once I ate. And so I was making extreme measures to take herbal medicines. And she said it literally stained the inside of my intestines. So when we say that sores fester, and we say that keeping this in makes you so sick. I am the perfect example of that. And it is freeing, Kathleen. That's what you said. It's been a long journey for me. It wasn't, it didn't happen in a year and a half, like the medication made me better, but the emotional side of it took, was a journey that took a lot longer because I spent so long stuffing it. And so that's my share for today is It is more important than your emotional and mental state. It's a physical problem that it can create. I'm not saying it's creating it for you, but to say or to be ignorant of the fact that this doesn't manifest in our bodies, that was not my truth. That's not what I experienced. And by the way, this doctor said she very rarely sees locked gut. I literally had a lot, like 
she couldn't get the camera through. There was, it, my belly was just a rock. And so it does, it, it absolutely does. And I guarantee you all of that is from the emotions I stuffed. Now, maybe the doctor when I was 16 was on to something. She said, and I'll never forget, you're stressed. You need to, you know, figure this out. But I was too young to do that on my own. And my survival skills then were what I had managed to live with up to that point. So mind, body, spirit, it's all connected. And you just bring up such a powerful story. And, you know, because we often don't connect it. Like I'm suffering, you know, my emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like they're suffering there. And I'm having this immense stomach issue or these gut issues or these back pains or like cancer even, right? It gets tied to, so there are physical manifestations that come from suffering in silence. And it's such a powerful share. And Sarah, I was just curious. So the, you got put on a medicine regimen, which helped release. And you also said that that also helped release and heal emotions. So did you find more of a practice, especially at that age of like, you know, was it more just sort of medicinal at the time? Or did you start to share and open up about some of the things that you were suffering in silence as well? Verbally, I started opening up. You know, I, I really started sharing more. Thank goodness at that point in my life, I was with Jeff and, mm. you know, he was my, I had a safe partner and I also had a very dear best friend who was willing to listen. And so I started really admitting what had happened and admitting and being able to talk more about it or, and I mean, let's be real. This is, I was probably 28. I'm 47 today. And just two years ago or a year ago, you know, I even just started admitting that I was part of domestic violence. So it's mm -hmm. been a journey, but yes, mm -hmm. I mean, it started with talk for me right. and crying, you know, and allowing myself to cry. You know, I, I refer to myself as 18 years old. If you knew me then I didn't cry. My dad asked me to volunteer at the children's hospital because I wanted to be a nurse. And I remember going to my car and crying. But the reason I remember crying is because I never cried before. I had literally shut myself off from crying. So even just allowing tears to flow in a safe space or accepting the emotions on the other side, I was a very explosive person, much more than I am now. And so they would, it, things would come and burst because I didn't have any skills. I, there was too much backed up. And then I didn't have any skills at the time to release correctly. And so I couldn't understand. I was like, I, I can be really, really great and nice and perfect and kind and loving and then just burst. And these bursts were the stuffing. Powerful. And I did um, eventually seek, I went to two therapists during that period as well. And that was also very helpful. Hmm. Releasing the tears, the stomach release, the tears. And like Kathleen said, you know, stepping into being authentic, right? Because Kathleen also shared, you know, I got angry, there was outbursts, things like that. So it's stepping into how are we feeling for real 
whether it takes you five minutes to do it or five years or 20 years or 30 or 50, right? It's never too late stepping in, dealing and moving through. And Claudette, speaking of manifestations, we we learned from Sarah how suffering in silence can create physical manifestations in our physical health. And some of the things that I get challenged with around suffering in silence is I'm afraid I'm going to continue to manifest what's going on if I'm like talking about it and how shitty and challenging it feels, it's going to continue to expand and manifest. So I'd love for you to drop in on some beautiful nuggets that I know you're going to have on this and suffering in silence and the fear that I truly have of like this thing that I want to share is going to like expand and I'm going to manifest it more and more versus no, that's not the case. You need to talk about it, right? To, you know, and and speaking of manifestation, we know how suffering Sarah shared can truly have a physical manifestation of health and things. So talk to us about manifesting when it comes to suffering in silence versus not suffering in silence and how that sort of manifests or plays out in our world. Yeah, I, I just, I can so relate to Sarah because my childhood was... <laughs> Interesting too. And a lot of us can say that, you know, even people that have a, a sibling that says, my childhood was great. And you're like, what? I don't remember it that way. Everybody perceives things differently through their lens of their belief structures. For me at two years old or just before two, my dad left and I have that memory and my mom collapses on the floor and I'm like, I got to be strong. I just, I didn't say it. I wasn't old enough to say it, but that's the feeling, the energy of it. So I always had to be strong. I always had to fix everything. And to this day, I still do for my mom. And I've never gone to my mom for advice ever in my life. Never, ever, ever. And, you know, it was very interesting because she was like, you don't respect me as a parent. And I looked at her and said, I actually don't. I mean, I had to be a hundred percent on it. I said, you I've always been there for you. I don't know that you know how to be here for me. Now, if I became sick, my mother is 87 going on 88. Okay. And she is living on her own. If I became sick, she would live to be 115 to take care of me. That's the type of woman she is. Like if she has something to take care of, that's how she shows her love doing it that way. And that's great. But I held everything in for years. Because I felt like I had to be strong for everyone else. And the times that I would allow a vulnerability to show or something, I experienced betrayal. I experienced, you know, kicker when she's down type situations. And so I would just guard myself even more. And so the times that I have been vulnerable are the times that people I thought were my friends ended up not being my friends. And so I think we have these experiences, but what I discovered, and this goes into the manifestation question with Catherine, is I discovered I had a fear of betrayal. Therefore, I was going to experience betrayal and I was betraying myself by not being honest with how I really felt. I discovered I had a fear of rejection. Therefore, I would experience the 
See, as within, so without, whatever we are feeling is going to go out in an energetic wavelength and it literally affects molecules, forms matter, like it, it goes into wavelength in someone else's mind. It's like this broadcasting. And when it's a similar frequency and hits with somebody, it lands. You know, this is where we'll get a thought to call someone. This is, this, it's scientific. This is how it works. And so I was broadcasting a fear of rejection. Therefore, I surrounded myself by people that would reject me or, and, you know, it just, what happens when we don't process a belief and like a fear of rejection is the universe goes, oh, you're feeling rejected. I'll give you more of that. Like, it's just like your subconscious doesn't go, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. No, the subconscious just goes by feeling and energy and gives you more of what you're feeling. And so this goes into where Catherine is like, I don't want to talk about it to manifest it. Well, I've got a few tips on how to process it because my thing is you need to get that shit out. Okay. Get the shit out. Because if you don't, the energy is going to build up somewhere. And for me, it ended up in cancer. And I share the story of how I was healed from cancer. But, you know, the truth reminded me, it hasn't just been that. It was cancer. It was chronic strep. It was chronic uh, bladder and kidney infections. It was chronic pneumonia and bronchitis consistently with sinus infections. Like, I look back and as a child, it was ear infections all the time. Like there was always something with me. I was always sick. And I believe it's because I held everything in and then I would get angry. So that's where we go into the protection and the anger. And then once I exploded in anger, devastated everyone around me, maybe lost some friends, then I would go into deep sadness. And it was like this cycle of anger and sadness, anger and sadness. And so I've got a few tips for everybody to just let it out in a productive way. So the first thing that I had to realize is everything isn't always about me. I'm not the center of the universe. Okay. Maybe I am of my own, but not everyone else's. So, so then I went, okay, if it's not always about me, and I'm not going to filter it through my insecurity, right? Because that's what we tend to do. Then I said, okay, I'm going to pause. Now, the pause thing for me was the longest thing to do because I was used to just exploding, right? So so I even wrote pause on my hand. I just pause and I would just sit there and I would be steaming on the inside. And I'm like, just taking deep breaths. That's just the beginning. And it's pause before you judge to find out more. Pause before you judge to find out more. There could be more to the story. And I started doing that at work and with friends. And I realized it usually clears itself up, right? Like it usually does when a conversation happens. Write a letter to yourself to at least get it out and or write a letter to the person. I like letters because... You can't argue with each other when someone's reading a letter. They have a chance to read it and they have a chance to pause. So I think a letter is a great way to express, you know, something. But instead of being accusatory, let's do it this way. Like I discovered this. It's like, hey, I love this about you. 
And this is a, a system from Alison Armstrong, who teaches about men and women. I want to give her credit for it, but it's a good ask. And it's like, I love this about you. And when you do this, it, it makes me experience your love. It makes me experience being honored and respected. And what would make it even better is if you did this, can you provide it? And so you start to honor the other person, but then go, what would make it better is instead of this, could you do this? We're keeping our power instead of depleting it. And then we get angry. Let's know we get angry because of deep sadness and a fear of something. So anger is that protective thing. And as I begin to turn inward and take that spiritual journey, I didn't need to be angry anymore because I became very solid in who I was. And I followed truth. The truth is the energy of source rising in you, but it's like a primordial truth. And the more truth we have in our consciousness, the more solid we are. And the healing, everything begins to just be in harmony and order. And so I begin to practice that more than anything. And I realized I don't have to act like a raging bitch. And I used to. I'm just going to be honest. I used to get so mad at everything. And, uh, you know, real estate, I worked, I own a real estate company and one little thing would go wrong. And I'm like, you know, and I had an admin assistant quit on me who was a friend for years. And she's like, I can't take your energy. And that's when I went, maybe I need to change my energy if, if she's giving me that feedback. So the most important thing is listen to what everybody says, even in the moment of their anger or whatever, and go, is this true about me? And give yourself a chance to grow. Pat yourself on the head for doing that, for asking, is this true? And let's take a real good look at ourselves and then let's just grow. We're not perfect. It's okay. We'll get better as we do it. And this world is a world we need to navigate with. So I would say don't stuff it. It turns into disease, right? Turns into sickness. Once I processed all of that, all of those things I named are gone. I don't even have to be on sinus medicine. Like everything was gone. I was on sinus medicine for like 23 years. And so, you know, it's like our body goes into harmony and order as we move into the oneness of the divine presence within. So just don't stuff it. But if you just, if you're not brave enough yet to say something to the person yet, I say, yeah, because you're heading there just by deciding to express it, right? You don't have to be perfect right now. We've got your back. Send us a little note that you just wrote a note to yourself. You wrote a letter to yourself. You expressed it to yourself. That's the first step, being honest with what's going on and letting it out in that way. If you need to go to the gym and pound a bag, hit a boxing bag or something, whatever, do it. But allow that energy to move and not stay stagnant. That's what I would say. That is key. Don't let the energy stay stagnant, whether you're getting your body in motion to release that energy, talking to somebody, writing, writing, and then burning it, doing other work uh, around getting it out, whatever it is, get it out and probably do a couple of those things to get it out because it all serves us. And I love that you started Claudette with your awareness around a few fears, fear of betrayal and fear of rejection. So know that, you know, if something is is happening within you and you feel like I'm in the category of I'm suffering in silence, 
and it's not serving me, know that it could be rooted to just some fear of sharing, of rejection, of betrayal, of looking a certain way, of looking weak or not strong enough or not brave enough or wanting. It's just all a story. It's all a story. And what's most important is you're getting it out and you're sharing it and you're doing it in ways that is going to serve your soul at the highest level because that reduces how heavy it feels. That reduces the physical manifestations that could happen or the angst or the overwhelm or the the expansion of feeling rejected even because actually what we're doing is rejecting ourselves as one of my sister's so brilliantly mentioned. And so Whitney, I saw you like massively shaking your head when I believe it was Claudette. It may have been Sarah was, well, I think it was Claudette was saying that different siblings could have different experiences. And I really saw you giggling and shaking and so shaking your head. And so what say you on suffering in silence and maybe more to share there around siblings and how we can have different experiences in the same household. Definitely. You know, I I think I've shared this before. I am the one who is, there's this running family joke about how I don't remember anything from our our childhood and growing up. and, And it's like, it's not that I don't remember. Those things just weren't important. Right. So I let things go that weren't important, but or that we will see something totally different. It's it's actually kind of comical how differently people experiencing the exact same thing can see it differently, even out of the same household. I expect that like with my husband, but with my sister, it's just comical. Um, you know, I've I've been thinking about this as each of you were were sharing. And what I experienced was, I think, a combination of a couple of things. And one is something that I don't talk about a lot. And it's not a matter of, maybe it is a matter of stuffing and I need to, to explore it from a different perspective. But I'm a big believer that we experience what we choose to experience, right? And I get called on a lot for not living in a place sort of a victimhood. I'll, I'll put it that way, in a, in a place of victimhood of being either a woman or being Black and being a Black woman. And it's not that I have not run up against biases, discrimination, or, you know, people expressing their privilege in my present. It's not that that hasn't happened, but I'm choosing to let that be someone else's problem, not my problem, right? And so by not sort of taking that on, I am often sort of stuffing and pretending that things aren't happening. And and I don't pretend like they don't happen. I just am am choosing not to let them have an impact on me and my life. But even in that, there is this sort of, it's a myth. It's a, a fallacy, right? This sort of this 
strong Black woman, and that somehow I am supposed to be able to take on it, anything that that's sort of a cultural thing, right? That Black women don't feel pain the way other cultures do. And somehow it's not so much that we're suffering in silence, we're just being who we are. And I have, I think, played into that a lot. And I would say I probably played into it up until the time of shortly after the death of my son. And it was recognizing that, one, I didn't need to be silent about anything. It really was the first time where people asked me how I was feeling, almost to the point of irritating. And you know that people love you and they they care about you and they're looking out for you. But all of a sudden, I was like, okay, this is too much. Because I spent much of my life being the person that people come to, not someone who was used to sharing. And so, but after that time, I realized, you know, I'm entitled to my feelings. I'm entitled to go through what I'm going through. And... I am going to do that. And so for me, it just started with giving myself permission to feel what I what I feel. I still do not feel a particular need to share a lot of things for a couple of reasons. One of which is when you share, people remember the things that you share. And I don't think it's always in a pejorative way, but somehow it gets brought back up. And so being careful about what you share becomes really important. So the way I have chosen to sort of move through this is journaling. So my tip is journaling. And then the other is I have started working with a therapist Um, and that gives me a place to go to say whatever it is I need to say, right? Two really safe places to say what it is I need to say about whoever it is that I need to say it or whatever situation that's happening that I need to say it. So that was uh, what I wanted to share. Journaling, and, and I think Catherine said this earlier, professional, get a team right? Have a team. And if that includes family and friends, great. If it needs to include a professional, um, whether it's a therapist or coach, do that. Love that, Whitney. Thank you so much with your insight. I love how earlier you made the distinction of, you know, pretending, like either pretending not to care or really like choosing that it's not going to have an impact. And I think that it is super important distinction to not allow everything to put us into a suffering mode. In other words, like give a shit about what you're putting energy towards suffering, right? Like you want to be very mindful because we do have the choice of allowing things to put us into a suffering mode and how much energy we're going to give to it, how long we stay there versus not. So I love that distinction. We do have a choice and we have real things that create, you know, 
feelings around suffering, whatever level, a lot of suffering or a very little bit. So also know that we have the ability to choose where we allow things to take us, right? And so beautiful. And again, another theme from my brilliant sisters, get it out. You know, Whitney chooses to journal and she chooses to see a therapist and bring it all to that person. So the theme has been absolutely stepping into you, being authentic, being genuine about where you are and getting it out. So beautiful show today, ladies. I took pages of notes. I love you. I thank you. And I'm handing it back over to my sister, Whitney. Catherine, thank you so much for leading that. I, you know, there, I have no doubt there are going to be people who are going to be very helped uh, by the conversation, by all of your openness and uh, vulnerability. Um, so I want to, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. If you have not already, please review and rate our show. Join us on our Facebook group and on Instagram to share how maybe you are moving through the suffering, right? How you are choosing to maybe not suffer or to share to let it all out, which I think was the recurring theme here is not to hold it in. Before we go, Catherine, know you've got lots going on and we would love to hear how our audience can connect with you. Yes. Thank you, Whitney. I am so grateful and excited to announce that Fit District Studios and Energy Cafe, the business that I've been building for several years, is now open. We have opened our doors. So if you are in the Arlington or the Washington, D.C. area, we're located right in Courthouse in Arlington, Virginia, right across the street from the Metro. We would love to see you go to our website. We have a three-day complimentary pass You can come visit us complimentary for three days as much as you'd like. So grab that off of our website and come check us out. www.fitdistrict.com. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait to come and visit and work out with you there. And can't wait till Fit District California either. So again, we want to thank you for being here. And remember, you do not have to suffer in silence or alone. Reach out and let someone support you. And until next time. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.